This is Youpreneur FM, the official podcast of the Youpreneur Mastermind Community, a place where no entrepreneur gets left behind in their pursuit of building a business they can be proud of. And now, and now, here's your host, serial entrepreneur and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Chris Ducker. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 221 of Youpreneur FM. I'm your host, Chris Ducker, as always, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the weekly show here in podcast land that'll help you build a more powerful, profitable personal brand business. Oh, we've got a great, great show lined up for you today with my very good friend, Dana Garrison. But... Big news, if you haven't already heard, tickets are now on sale for the first ever Youpreneur Summit live event, which is going to be held in London, England on November 11 and 12th of this year, 2017. We're bringing in the best speakers in the game when it comes to the personal brand entrepreneurial landscape. We'll be holding daily mastermind and brainstorming sessions, and we have several Youpreneur members themselves gracing the stage to show you exactly, step-by-step, how they've built successful businesses around their own personal brands. The event is being held at the world-famous QE2, or the Queen Elizabeth II Convention Center. It's right in the heart of London. We're already seeing people booking tickets from all around the world. This event, by the way, isn't just for people in the UK and Europe. It's for everyone. It's for every Youpreneur member, every Youpreneur listener, every Youpreneur subscriber, no matter where you are. Guys, London is one of the most incredible cities in the world. It truly is. And if you've never been, this is the perfect time now to scratch it off your must-visit list and attend our first-ever live event at the same time. It's a double whammy. It's a double whammy. You can get more information on the event, discover who the speakers are, and obviously secure your place just by visiting youpreneursummit.com today. That's youpreneursummit.com. And I will, of course, look forward to seeing you in London. Okay, so on to my chat with Dana. Great lady, fantastic live streamer. Fell in love with her when I saw her for the first time on Periscope just a few years ago. And since then, we became very, very good friends. She's a speaker. She's a coach. She is actually doing a lot of different things. And she's building up a fantastic personal brand around her experiences and obviously that quirky, fun, lovable personality that she's got. Now, I will say the first five to six minutes or so of this interview is a little ropey from an audio perspective. That was entirely my fault, so don't you dare uh, blame Dana in any way whatsoever. I had to switch over the mics about five minutes in. So stick with us for the first five minutes or so, and I promise you're going to love the rest of the conversation as well. Here's myself and Dana. Enjoy the conversation. It's one of my favorite so far this year. So Dana, welcome to the show. Thank you, my love. Now, it's great to have you. I, you know, I often say this when I begin these conversations, and I feel like this should have happened a while ago, but it hasn't. But it's happening now, and you guys tuning in are in for a treat, a real treat. Um, I invited Dana to come on the show to really tell her story of how she's gone from one career into horrible sickness into massive business success 
uh, and how she's handling that sickness at the same time as building a business and affecting change in everybody that she comes into contact with. So this is just a really good story and a great story. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, a lot of people tuning in are going to be able to relate to a lot of this stuff. So Dana, why don't we kind of start from the beginning, which I find is always a very good place to start, um, and give us the uh, <laughs> give us the, the, the background, sort of where have you come from as an entrepreneur? What was your beginnings? My beginnings was I knew from age 15 that I wanted to spend my life creating as much positive change as possible, and I just didn't know how yet. And over the years, I realized if I'm going to create massive positive change, I've got to ignite an army. I've got to work with a, a, a lot of other people and raise them up as leaders so that my time on earth is exponential. And that was all great and good until I came down with an illness. It was actually a, a mystery illness. Doctors couldn't diagnose it. I went to doctors in America, England, all over the place. Okay. And I just figured, okay, nobody can figure out what it is. Nobody can heal this. I'm just going to have to get on with life. And I went and became a therapist. It was one of the quickest ways that I could think of, or easiest ways, given my personality and predilections, to help people transform. Sure. And I, it was, I mean, I loved what I learned. I loved learning about psychology and humanity and sociology is my background as well. But I noticed that some people were in therapy for 30 years and still not getting the life they wanted. Right. And I thought, this is way too slow. And I started to study, well, how do you create change faster? And that's when I learned that 10% of our problems in life come from our conscious thoughts and 90% come from our unconscious habits and patterns that are deeply ingrained, some of which we don't even know about. So I went out and I started studying how do you change that. I took the best of the best of the best and I developed two new modalities, family entanglement work and childhood re-imprinting work. And I, I fell in love with those. I, I used the work on myself and in 10 years of going to doctor after doctor after alternative medicine, energy medicine, everything, this was the only thing that started getting rid of my symptoms. Hmm. And so of course I fell in love with it from that perspective, but I took it back to my clients. They started having the breakthroughs that they had been looking to have for most of their lives usually. And that's when I left the field of therapy. I went independent, I became a public speaker, and I started speaking about this. And now there, there's a piece of the story here I'm leaving out, which is, and I think this is important. I worked in a toxic work environment. I worked in a place that was making me sicker. And I knew I had to get out of there. Mm. The first thing I did was use that sort of inner game work to heal a lot of my symptoms, because that was getting in the way, of course, the illness. But I still was sick. And, and being in that place made me much more ill. I needed to figure out how to shortcut launching a business. And I went out and I started studying business, but they were telling you you have to do these 50,000 things to have a successful business. And of course it overwhelms you, your head starts spinning. And so I had to take the time to distill business down to only the core essentials, the highest ROI activities, because I was working full time, came home totally exhausted. The illness gave me chronic fatigue, insomnia, trouble with speaking, reading, writing, all kinds of issues. By the end of the day when I came home, well, that was the only time I had to build the business. So this was my side hustle in the beginning, just evenings and weekends. And so even with the illness, I was so determined to get out of the toxic work environment, get out of working for someone else, 
and wanted that freedom so badly that I, in the beginning, even with the illness, would work 14-hour days, 12-hour days, mm. every day, seven days a week. You know, get up early on weekends, go all the way till night, and just build this thing. And when rubber hit road, um, after developing this sort of shortcut way to, to jumpstart a business, I was able to grow a sold-out consulting practice in a month and a half, leave that toxic day job, and then break through six figures in nine months while I was still sick and while I was traveling the world, which blew my socks off. I, I, I think, I think this is the definition, everybody, of overachiever. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that is. Wow, that okay. Was surprising. I did not, actually, I didn't, I wasn't even shooting for that. I didn't found out, find out that I broke through six figures until taxes next year, but point being that um, it's doable. I mean, I firmly believe that regardless of your obstacles, whatever random obstacles we all have in life, you can find workarounds to get there. And part of my secret sauce was using that work that I developed to work on myself, but I also had to use that, that breakthrough work, breakthrough psychology work, to address my money ceiling, to address my sort of success blocks and business blocks that I picked up from childhood imprints, which is stuff you pick up during your childhood, stuff that your parents told you, stuff that happened around you, and then generational patterns. We don't talk about this much in society, but we inherit stuff from previous generations that gets in the way of business growth. So I had to address those things as well. Let, let's, and, let's zoom in on that, actually. Let me cut you okay. off and very rudely there, but I'm curious to know, um, yeah. what do you feel you have inherited from your past generations in, in terms of because I know you talk a lot about family and that sort of type of stuff as well when you you know you've, you've done a lot of this sort of type of coaching in, in the past as well and probably still do I mean what what do you feel has has kind of got you to where you are today from your say childhood I'm just curious I like to dig yeah. deeper now and then that, no that this is really good this is important uh, we don't talk about this enough in business which is uh, in childhood, some of my childhood imprints that I picked up were things like, uh, I got imprinted with, you know, that's too expensive. We don't have enough. There's not enough money. <laughs> um, you, right. even, even things like, you know, life is hard and life is a struggle. Just these, these deep uh, sort of beliefs and values that were painted as truths. And if that happens to you during your imprint period, which is between you know conception and age seven-ish, around seven, that goes into your, your hard written files, you know, the, the permanent records of your mind, if you will. Hmm. So those were some things that I had to address. And from a generational perspective, I come from a family of employees and I was trying to be an entrepreneur. Right, me yeah, too, me too. Yeah, and that means that you have to, you're, I call that the um, the employee entanglement, which is your con your your unconscious has to break free from the pattern that has been set from your family system, your family tree, and so there's that piece of breakaway that's huge. Um, I also have relatives who uh, failed a business, and that's one of the things that'll start a, a success entanglement issue. I've had relatives that have lost a lot of money. And, and just grew up poor. My background, my mom comes from a rural village in Taiwan. She didn't have her first pair of shoes until she was age 11. <laughs> like that wow. kind of, you know what I'm saying? So uh, same with, with, with father, did not grow up wealthy, even though he's from America. But 
you know, when you're trying to break through the money ceiling that is set, that sort of high watermark in your family tree, that's a whole nother unconscious patterning that we have to be able to break free from. And it, it doesn't come easy. It's not just a matter of, well, I'm just going to set my conscious mind to it and then it's done. There's actually some work you got to do with unplugging yourself from the patterns of the past. Mm, mm. So where, where, where do you feel you have developed the most as an entrepreneur yourself then? I mean, like as time has gone by, you know, certain things have obviously come your way. Some things have been a little easier than others, obviously. Uh, but where, where, where do you feel like, where is the catalyst? Where did Dana go from want to be entrepreneur, wanting to help people, wanting to make a change to then full on being an entrepreneur, making, you know, affecting change, helping people? What was the catalyst for you? I'm not sure if I know of, of one specific catalyst. I know that when I developed the, these new methodologies, you know, anytime you can develop your own system, something that you look at how you see life or how you do life or how you teach what you teach and you make it your own, whether it's a system or a product, that uniqueness, right, becomes something new in the marketplace. And that was really exciting to people. As I started speaking on stages, talking about family entanglements and childhood imprints, people would come up from the audience and ask me to speak on their stages into their rooms because it was not being talked about and it was so interesting. Mm. And so that was a really big catalyst piece. But then I also, um, I was going to start a podcast, Chris. And I had somebody who interviewed me for a podcast say, you got to start a podcast. Let me coach you. Let me help you set it up. And I was excited and it was great. And then he said, uh, have you seen this Periscope thing? Have you checked it out? And so I thought, well, isn't that for kids? But I downloaded <laughs> it anyways. I thought it was like Snapchat and for sending other people D-pics. And so I wasn't even interested. <laughs> and then I, I love the way how you, self, you self-censored yourself there. <laughs> <laughs> D-picks, everybody. They're known as D-picks from now on. I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. Some, I'm sure some of my audience will figure it out. Okay. Uh, so, so I mean, you know, for me, that was... That was yeah, Periscope, was I think, just... for me, I mean, that was where I discovered you, for sure. Um, and That's how I found you. Yeah. And I think, you know, a, a lot of people were kind of quite reluctant to hop on the Periscope bandwagon when it first came out. I loved it. I did my first Periscope, I think, literally maybe two or three weeks after it first came out. And I remember it was my my first Periscope. This is real life-changing stuff, people. My first Periscope um, was me with my arm out of a taxi rolling down the Vegas Strip at nighttime. That was nice. my first Periscope broadcast, yeah. And I thought it was great. Because I remember seeing all the little hearts fluttering up and people saying, oh, cool, oh, I was there last week. And these were people I didn't even know. I had no idea who these people were. They, they certainly didn't know who I was. But I went live and they found me. And then, you know, I got back home after that trip and I started thinking, well, what if I could reach people in a different manner, such as this Periscope thingy, um, yeah. and, and help people out, you know, in addition to the blog and the podcast and everything else. And that was where it really started to develop for me. And I mean, Periscope for me was huge. It, it, it became my main content focus, if I'm to be very honest, in 2015, with a run-up of the Youpreneur community. I was on it almost daily. And we launched Youpreneur and from had, there. From Periscope, exactly. I watched you launch it. There you go. And we had we had 129 people join up 
on that launch broadcast at $49 a month. So if anybody ever says you can't make money from live video, I call BS on it, you absolutely can. Um, but that being said though, Periscope, and I know you're still using it, I've all but abandoned it, for truth be told, um, because the numbers just weren't there for me anymore. And, uh, you know, I, I place a big premium on my time. And, oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it just was what it was. I know, but, but I still know some people that are doing very, very well with it as well. So I think it really comes down to sort of, you know, utilizing whatever you've got at your disposal, you know, if it makes sense. For me, Periscope doesn't make sense anymore, but for a good year or so, I was in love with it. I thought it was great. Yeah, and, you know, that was, I would say that was a sort of another catalyst in my life, which was once I once I saw that, I thought, I'm, I'm going to try, this looks amazing. Is this right. what I think it is? Is this a speaking engagement in my pocket? And so yes. I studied it for 100 hours to try to figure out the psychology of how to grow on there. I Having a background in psychology and business is uber useful for growing anywhere. And so I studied it, and then I got on there, and I hit the ground running, and I didn't join until the fifth month of Periscope. And within 60 days, I was able to break through 5.5 million hearts, 10,000 followers. And I didn't know how fast that was until I went to London, actually, to the first Periscope meetup. And somebody who worked for big brands managing their social media came up to me, and he said, Dana, how are you doing this? I've been on Periscope since day one, so six months now. You've been on for one month, and you've already beat me in the amount of followers and hearts. What are you doing? And I thought, oh my gosh, I didn't. I had no measuring stick. I had no idea how fast my growth was. But <laughs> that was another catalyst in that, well, one, of course, you, with live, you can reach people all over the world for free from your pocket, which is an amazeballs concept. But number two... That opened so many doors. Once I became an influencer on there, I was able to meet so many other influencers because of it, like you, which I just love the relationships I've developed. But it got me published on Huffington Post. I was featured on Huffington Post Live at Adweek New York. I started working with brands, Microsoft, Intel, Oculus, doing influencer marketing stuff. I got, I think within the first two weeks of Periscoping, I monetized. And within the first two weeks, I got a sponsor. And then, I mean, it just blew up, right? Working mm, with brands, mm. being I got flown to South by Southwest to do work for brands and just have fun there. <laughs> they just said, go have fun and let them know the show's sponsored by us. Just do what you would normally do. Go have fun. I love How it. How much fun is that, right? Uh, well, that's it. I mean, you know, and, and also, you know, I've, I've gotten to the point, I think, where, you know, I kind of feel like, um, I kind of do genuinely feel as if it's, you know, that the advent of live video as a whole has been able to propel a lot of personal brands out there. Because I mean, there's nothing more personal, right, than actually seeing somebody in a very raw, unedited state um, on video. And, and like you said, you know, it's, it's a speaking engagement in your pocket. I called it a TV channel in my pocket when I was using Absolutely. it um, or a TV show in my pocket. And I just, you know, honestly, I really do genuinely feel like it's been a real game changer for pretty much every personal brand out there. Maybe mm -hmm. bar a few guys like, you know, Branson and, and Musk and those guys who, you know, quite frankly, sure. don't really need to do live video, <laughs> right? So, but I, I do, I genuinely believe that it's been a game changer for a lot of people, you included, myself included as well. I wish that Periscope particularly had not kind of yeah. become less relevant for me. I'm not going to say died because it hasn't died, but I genuinely feel like I wish it hadn't become less relevant for me because I genuinely enjoyed using 
the platform. Um, and uh, but now you know the reach of Facebook Live Video is just it is what it is, and mm -hmm. it's hard to it's hard to warrant you know focusing on another platform when one can give you so much more legs, you know. And it really doesn't matter the platform, it's the medium, right? I mean, you yes, find the platform exactly. that works for you. There's a lot of platforms for live out there. It's, it's, but live, unlike anything else I've seen before in social media, brings such a deep connection with your audience. You build that trust factor. You build the rapport so much faster than any other kind of media that I've seen because it's live, it's raw, it's unedited. Yeah. It's the real you. Yeah. So I'm curious to that. Let's shift gears a little bit on here. Yeah. So, um, how have you now, or how are you now, continuing to monetize the personal brand that you've built up? So there's a lot of different ways that I do that. Do you, and by that, do you mean, you know, how do I provide services to people? Well, how do you make money, baby? Let's not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's bring so, it down to raw essentials here. How are, you, how are you time. making, yeah, how are you making money at the end of the day? So I do consulting work around uh, live video and social video strategy with entrepreneurs, with brands. Okay. Uh, I run social media campaigns for brands. I do the one-on-one -on -one coaching. Mm -hmm. uh, for people with business as well, plus the psychology piece. So people hire me for the one-on-one. -on -one. So there's the one-on-one -on -one piece, and that's only limited, right? That's oh, I can only handle a certain amount of, of course, people there. Of course. And then, uh, but that the rest you know, but, but, but let's let's hit the pause button there. But that right there, I always say that's the lowest hanging fruit when it comes to monetization of a personal brand that anybody can can utilize. Yes. But there is there is a limit though. Obviously, as you've clearly stated, you can't do you know, 30 one-on-ones a week right. that would just crush you, right. right? But you could maybe do, you know, six or eight, yeah. you know, it, without any major issues if you if you really enjoyed it, if you really wanted to do it. For jump-starting your business, it's one of the fastest ways to do so because all you need is a phone or Skype. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't need to yeah. set up the other stuff. Um, you know, levels, you know, different, uh, I guess, ways that I've scaled since is, um, you know, group coaching programs and membership sites, um, you know, being able to help people each week with new content that's coming out. And sometimes there's just study at home courses that also have live group coaching elements to them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, between one-on-one -on -one personal group with that's live or uh, pre-recorded content that people can consume at whatever time of day they want that fits their schedule, I'd say those are probably the three main places I spend most of my time. Okay, cool. So, if that is the case, then I mean, where where do you potentially grow your business and your brand moving forward? What what are your well? Let's let's break it down. Let's let's go one on the content side of things, like what you're going to be doing to continue in the spread your message, uh, mm. and and how much you care. And then number two, like where do you feel like things are going to be developing for you from a business perspective out of that? as well let's go with the content side of things where is is live still going to be your focus or are you going to be sort of looking uh at, at certain things social video and live video are my focus so i'm starting to put more on youtube now because it's a great search engine people can find you by searching for you answering their question and solving their problem they can't do that with with live video at least on most live video platforms at this moment so um so kind of getting on there is great um blogging and kind of kickstarting that. Um, considering podcasting, people keep asking for it. I got to figure out, you know, how I want to do that, what my flow is going to look like. Mm -hmm. So between blogging and the social and and live video, that's probably where I'm going to be spending a lot of my time 
with the addition of podcasting maybe and of course um, when it comes to how I provide the services I'm really focusing on those membership sites Mm -hmm. and things that are online so that because I'm having people reaching out from all different parts of the world you gotta deal with time zones absolutely and pre-recorded means they can watch it when it's convenient for them they can pause rewind play it back take notes I love that and uh, and so I would say that's probably where most of my attention will be yeah, and, and I think you're smart in doing that. I will say, if I can give you a little bit of unsolicited advice here, um, sure. I, I don't think you have to worry too much about the podcast side of things. I want you to podcast, but I don't think you should worry about it. And let me explain that. And for you guys listening in, this is probably something that you can take away as well. Um, you're already doing great live video content. I see no reason why you can't do a dedicated, specifically time-focused live on a weekly basis, let's say it's 5 p.m. Eastern every Friday, just for argument's Mm -hmm. sake, and then take the audio from that and actually turn that into a podcast, making it very clear at the top of every show, hey, this is Dana, you're watching, you know, uh, you know, this week's episode of blah, blah, blah. Um, And by the way, if you're listening in on the audio podcast on iTunes, you can head over to Facebook and watch it live every Friday at 5pm. Like there's no reason why you can't cross promote between the two. So you really have no excuse, young lady. (laughs) Well, that was actually my plan (laughs) um, of how I was going to execute it. Sure it was. Yeah. The, the show notes piece of it and just kind of another thing to process, you know? Yes, yes. Well, even the show notes, I mean, I, I think there's something to be said for putting show notes together, but I mean, you could you, you could use Pat Flynn's, um, you know, uh, smart podcast player, which a lot of people use now, um, whereas he does it now also with, with Ask Pat. He has one page at askpat.com right. and he just uses right. the player and people can just peruse through one episode to another. You don't have to worry too much about doing a huge amount of show notes or anything like that if you don't want to to begin with. I do believe that in the long run, it's wise to have a page for each episode purely just from a Google indexing perspective. But I don't think it's the be-all and end-all of every podcast out there. Some people just don't need it, plain simple. Okay, yeah. I mean, the thing that was holding me back was just that all the extra bits and bobbles around it, not so much the content creation, because I knew that I could just double it up with the lives. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so, great. There you go. Good. I just wanted to say that, you know, let's just just want you to do it. You must do it. The world <laughs> needs your podcast. The world needs your podcast. Okay, so from, from the, I mean, this is the way I see it. You're a great speaker. You're a great coach. You're great live. You're so much fun, so much energy. Whenever we see each other, we have, quite frankly, some of the best hugs I've ever experienced in my <laughs> life. And I'm sorry, there's a lot of great huggers in my life, but you're right up there at the top of the, of, of the, of the heap. And I believe in real hugs only. Oh, yes, good girl. And I, but I truly do believe, though, that the next step for you also with the personal brand is live events. Like, I really like the idea of you doing retreats and workshops and all that sort of type of thing. Well, is that something you'd consider? or Because you're not doing it yet. I left and I'm that out of the story. I, I left that out of the story because I was trying to give the story in a nutshell. When ah. I first, first, first started the business, it was actually a live event company. And I was running weekend-long live events ah, doing the mindset okay. breakthrough work mm-hmm. um, all weekend long. And I would do them once a month or once every other month. 
Plus, I uh, am the founder of the Entrepreneur and Small Business Institute. It's a networking organization, chapters in Los Angeles, New York, San Francisco, London. And I was running live events, doing you know evening events for that. And it was just so much. <laughs> live events was so intense for someone who has chronic fatigue. So I, I switched my business model because it also didn't let me travel. When I was doing a lot of live events, I was a little bit chained to where I lived. And I love travel. I, I love helping people grow businesses that let them travel the world. Travel is hugely important to me. I backpacked the planet for two years straight at one point. Holy moly. And, I did not know uh, this. Yes. I believe it's part of building world peace because when you become friends with Frank over in Israel, then you don't want to bomb Israel later. Right. right? Like <laughs> you start building all these connections across the planet. But it's also one of the best educations you can ever get and helps you strip away a lot of your conditioning that you didn't even realize you had from the country you grew up in and grows you into a stronger person. So I'm a huge proponent. And that's partially why once I turned my business virtual so that I could travel the world and people heard that I could travel as much as I wanted and have this laptop lifestyle, they would stop me in the middle of my speeches, my talks <laughs> on psychology and say, um, wait a sec, can you help me build a business like that? Yeah, we want to do that. <laughs> That's how I started teaching business was they, they asked me to teach my system. How, how did I do it? I love it. So, okay. So why aren't you doing these anymore now? I mean, I'm not saying you've got to go kind of run your run yourself ragged, so to speak. We don't want you getting too sick or anything. But I mean, is there a reason why you don't do these? Maybe for an inner circle sort of type of group of so I clients or something? Circle, yeah, inner circle destination retreats was what people started requesting because they knew I had traveled a lot. And some folks hadn't really done as, as much travel or they haven't traveled much. And they wanted a way to travel that didn't feel overwhelming and unsafe. <laughs> Because they just, you know, didn't know where to begin. Right. So I might start doing some destination retreats. I'm already doing, I'm still running the Entrepreneur and Small Business Institute. We're still doing, you know, live events that are evening events. I just haven't done weekend events. What I found is I love speaking on other people's stages because they set up all the events and they do all the they logistics. All the and I work. come in yes. and yes. <laughs> share. Trust me, share I know what that feels that like. <laughs> <laughs> and I fell in love with that model. So truth be told, that is why I haven't done weekend live events, weekend long live events anymore. But it doesn't mean I won't. Right. I mean, I believe that this is the way of the personal brand business developing over the next couple of years. I think you'll find that anybody worth their weight as a coach, as an expert, as a leader, whatever you want to label yourself as, um, and you guys tuning in, you know what I'm talking about here. We've talked about this a little bit before in the past. I believe the one-day workshops, the one-day seminars, the retreats for the weekend, that sort of type of thing. This is, I think, part of the Youpreneur ecosystem of business owners where we need to obviously try and diversify our income as much as possible. We've got our books, we've got our speaking, we've got our coaches, we've got our coaching and so on and so on and so on. But I do believe that live events lend something quite powerful to an overall community. I mean, I've seen it now. They do actually. For years and I, yeah. I'm 100% behind you with that. Yeah, and Tropical Think Tank for me has been a game changer. I have, you know, what I would class as my, you know, my, and I don't use the term super fans, but my super community members who have attended, some of them, every tropical think tank or almost every tropical think tank. And these are the people that I have the deeper connection with. These are the people that buy everything that I put out. These are the people that I'm the first one 
to say yes to an in, you know, I, I will say yes to, to a dinner invitation. invite with those people over some company that's trying to wine and dine me any day of the week because the relationships for me are just way more powerful and way more uh, potent, right? So I, I really believe that um, live events are something that every personal brand entrepreneur should continue, you know, or, or rather consider sticking into their ecosystem. But it's not for everyone. And, you know, I won't condone anybody if they don't do it. But all I know, yes, there are a crap ton of work. But for me personally, they've been very much, uh, you know, very much worth all of the extra hard work and sleepless nights and things like that. And that's why we're doing, you know, the Upreneur Summit in, in London this coming November. And, I, and, you know, we hope it's going to be a raving success just like everything else we've done event-wise. Yeah, you know, switching probably to the model of like once a year big event or maybe once a quarter as opposed to one or two weekends a month, which mm -hmm. is what I was doing. Yeah, that's a lot. That's um, a lot. Is... Is, is would, would work a lot better. And I do have to admit, I, well, I don't know about admit, I do have to say that being molecule to molecule with people, being molecule to molecule with your community where you're actually in the same space is huge. There's, I mean, even mm. though live video is, is mind-blowingly fantastic, there's still something that's different about being in the room together. And I'm behind it all the way. Yeah. As having that as part of like a personal brand ecosystem. Yeah, I love it. So, okay, wrapping up here then, you say you want to help people, you say you want to change the world, you want to do all this great stuff. I mean, where, where do you think youpreneurs or youpreneurial types, and you work with a lot of entrepreneurs yourself, where do you think we need the most help? I mean, is it, you know, build, beating that sort of self you know, sabotage? Is it is yes. is it handling procrastination? Is it handling fear? Is it just dealing with, you know, building teams and, and all this sort of stuff? Or is it just learning how to bloody balance everything? I mean, you know, where do you feel your impact is going to be felt when everything is said and done and we write your business obituary? <laughs> what do you want to be known for? <laughs> well, I don't know if it's what I want to be known for. I'm going to answer the first part of your question the way that you phrased it, which is uh, what do you think entrepreneurs and youpreneurs need the most okay. in terms of like what's going to be most leveraged for them to work on? And in all my years of doing business coaching and consulting, you can learn the steps to business. And there's a lot of people out there that can teach it. you got to find the right teacher that works for you. But the thing that I see slowing people down or stopping them or tripping them up or throwing the monkey wrench in the system is always the inner game. It's what you said first and you actually stole the words right out of my brain, which is being able to break through the procrastination, mm. the self-sabotage, mm. the fears, the doubts. That is what I see sinking people the most. And so people come to me and really fall in love with the inner game work that I do because we're not addressing it as much in no, the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial world and definitely not from the perspective that I've discovered, these root cause perspectives that kind of get right to the root and deal with it from the actual root rather than the symptom. So I think that is probably, and, and I'm, I, I'm probably most well known for that too, I guess in some circles. So maybe that will be on my business obituary as, as the big thing. It's, you know, <laughs> making people into superhumans so that we're all creating ripples of positive change on the planet together. Oh, I love that. So good. That needs to be a tagline on your book cover. <laughs> that was that was great. That's not the first time you've said that, though. I'm pretty sure. Actually, that. no, that is the first time I've said <laughs> that in that way. <laughs> well, it needs to be the tagline in your book. I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming there's a Dana book coming at some point soon. Yes. Good. 
good, good, good. Well, I'll Absolutely. be first in line to grab a copy. And uh, you've now got thousands of Youpreneur listeners ready to buy that book as well, no doubt, as well. Um, you're great. I love hanging out with you. It's so good to have you on the show finally and talk about your journey. And, you are and so much fun. Thank you so much. Um, I mean, for you guys tuning in, if you haven't discovered Dana yet, you don't know what she's all about, you can hop over to danagarrison.com and go ahead and discover her. Make sure you do check her out on Periscope as well because she's still relatively active over there too. Um, show notes and links over at chrisducker.com forward slash episode two two one um dana thank you very much for being with me darling it was great chatting with you oh it's such a pleasure my love thank you for having me lots of love and big hugs thank you so much oh i love those hugs love <laughs> the hugs you guys if you get the chance to actually hug dana you need to do that as well but in the in the meantime we'll be back again next week with another episode of youpreneur fm until then take good care and don't forget on the subject of live events, youpreneursummit.com. Go grab your ticket before they all disappear. I'll be back at you again in seven days from now. Bye for now. If the idea of an entrepreneurial community where you get to learn from the best in the business, as well as rub shoulders, gain support, have access to immediate feedback, as well as nonstop accountability from your peers, is something that excites you. Then visit youpreneur.com for more information and to get started on building a business you can truly be proud of today. That's youpreneur.com. We'll see you on the inside.